When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Part-Time Genius, a production of iHeartRadio. Guess what, Will? What's that, Mango? So, you know my family loves going for hikes, right? Definitely. I mean, the rest of my family. Right, right. I I was going to say, I didn't want to call you out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm more of an indoor cat and my house is full of outdoor cats, but um, (laughs) we haven't exactly been able to get out for hikes this month. Yeah, I, I was thinking about you guys just this morning on this. Like, I imagine it is pretty tough traveling out from Brooklyn right now, isn't it? Yeah, and Lizzie and I are pretending to be teachers all day, and I, I can't tell you how terrible our homeschool is, but uh, <laughs> I actually do miss getting out into nature. So this week, I spent some time hunting for a solution, and the best thing I could find was this greenhouse helmet. A greenhouse helmet? So is that like a, a VR thing or what? No, it is much worse. So the the greenhouse helmet is this fully enclosed anti-fog dome that you fasten around your head. And inside this plexiglass helmet, there are multiple shelves where you can place your favorite small plants. Full disclosure, I don't think anyone has actually made one of these things. Uh, This all just comes from a patent from 1986. But (laughs) In the diagram, and I'm going to post this to Instagram because it's so good, it shows a person with a goldfish bowl over his head, and it's got a tiny potted cacti on one of the shelves, which is <laughs> a pretty bold choice considering yeah. how close it would be to your face. <laughs> so why, why would you do this, I guess, is the question I want to know. Yeah, I guess according to the creators, not only would the wearable greenhouse do wonders to improve your mood, It also supplies you with this private reserve of fresh oxygen. So the idea is as you exhale, the the plants are supposed to soak up your carbon dioxide and provide Mm. you with pure oxygen. And just in case the helmet starts to make you feel a little shut off from the world, it also comes with a two-way intercom system. (laughs) Which I guess, (laughs) if you think about it, like that's perfect for calling 911 after you poke your eye out with a cactus. So (laughs) I, I don't understand like why this has never made it to market. It just seems so smart. 
Yeah, so for all you listeners out there, I, I don't know that the patent is still good, so there's still time to run with it on Etsy mm-hmm. or whatever, but uh, but the greenhouse helmet isn't the only strange patent we found this week. We actually scoured the internet to find some of the weirdest patents, and we found a couple of great things and a whole lot of things you won't be seeing on Shark Tank, so let's dive in. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hatikater. Now, on the other side of that soundproof glass, brainstorming ideas on his trusty whiteboard, that's our friend and producer, Lowell. Now, so far, he's just got this one concept, something called, it's kind of hard to read because, of course, we're all remote today, but it says uh-huh. edible timber and then a question mark. So I guess it's supposed to be edible timber. So I, I think it's still <laughs> still a work in progress, I gather. I do love that idea. Like a table you can eat in an emergency sounds like a pretty great option. So great work, Lowell. <laughs> yeah, you better get back to that uh, patent filing pretty quickly on this. But in the meantime, we're also happy to welcome back our researcher pal, Gabe Luzier. How you doing, Gabe? Hey, doing all right. It's nice to uh, see some faces again <laughs> that are yes, uh, stuck is. in the apartment with me. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all agree we have been inside for too long. You know, we've spent our free time this week looking up patents and we've enjoyed it, actually. But Gabe, you're <laughs> up next. So uh, what's the first one you want to tell us about? All right. Uh, so here's one from 1977 that I wish had made it to market. It's a gumball dispensing T-shirt. that actually sounds awesome (laughs) yeah i I mean it kind of is like the shirt has a a picture of an old-timey gumball machine on it and uh the dome part where the gumballs are stored it's actually clear and made from plastic and so then there's this like a fabric pouch sewed behind it and you can actually you like keep real gumballs inside of it these are real gumballs that you can dispense yeah, that that's the idea. At least like when you push on one of the gumballs, it's supposed to slide down this kind of like built in chute in the T-shirt and it comes out through a slit near the bottom of the shirt. And <laughs> like, here's the best part. There is even this variation on the patent that included a second pouch where someone could like insert coins. So, you know, the idea was <laughs> you could just walk up to someone on the street and buy a gumball directly from their T-shirt. Of any invention I feel like we could have come up with, this seems like the total opposite of social distancing, like walking up (laughs) with money, putting it in somebody's shirt, then taking candy out of their shirt and then putting it in your mouth. I I don't know if now is the right time for this one, Gabe. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. It's uh, yeah. Uh, For later, though, we'll put a pin in it, right? Like when we emerge from the other side of this, like we'll make it a priority to revive this shirt, right? That's our (laughs) path. I like that. That's a great idea. All right. Well, my first invention is actually a pretty good idea and probably one of the least absurd ones that we will talk about today. It's something called the school bus locator system. Now, this was patented back in 1992. So you have to place yourself back in the 90s before GPS tracking or cell phones became commonplace. But the way it worked was that your school bus would be outfitted with a radio transmitter and every kid on the route would be provided with a receiver. So when the bus was a few miles away from your house, the receiver would light up as an early warning. And then when the bus was much closer, like, you know, a quarter of a mile away or something, the receiver would sound an alarm. And it seems like a handy way to avoid missing the bus. And 
Also ideal for students who live in pretty cold places. You don't have to wait out in the snow for too long, just wondering if the bus is coming around the corner soon. But though, I guess if I think about it a little bit more, I'm certain there are some kids that would have, you know, maybe hidden the batteries or something and just use this as an excuse to miss school. Yeah. So I actually remember when I was in elementary school, there was this like persistent rumor that if the bus was half an hour late or something, you didn't have to go to school. Was was this a thing that was said in your towns too? Sadly, no. no. I don't think, Gabe, have you heard this before? Definitely not. No, that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's pretty great. It must have been a very Delaware rumor. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I just remember one time the bus was actually like 30 minutes late. And so like all the kids at my bus stop just got so giddy and we were excited and we were looking at the watch and we were planning what to do with our day because we were certain we were going to get the day off school. And then like at the last minute, uh, this parent pulled up and crammed us into their minivan and then just drove us to school. And it was oh. so anticlimactic. Yeah, that's a bummer. But uh, uh, Gabe, why don't you kick off this next round? Okay, well, this next one is for all you Roden fans, and I know you're out there. So <laughs> how often have you declined a dinner invitation because you, you just couldn't stand the thought of, of leaving your gerbils at home, right? Yeah, if I, if I had a dime for every time that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, this is a very relatable problem, believe me, guys. <laughs> and uh, well, the gerbil vest is the answer to that problem. In 1999, some animal-loving genius patented a very stylish vest with some built-in tubes for your pet to run through while you're wearing it out and about. And of course, there are also little chambers for your furry friend to feed and relax into. Um, <laughs> and good news for us, the tubes are transparent so that you and your friends can keep an eye on the little guy in there. And don't worry, animal lovers, the tubes are also equipped with air vents so the gerbils could breathe. Uh, <laughs> I will say the patent, it did warn against falling while wearing the vest, you know, for very obvious reasons. So you got to watch yeah. out for that. But otherwise... Okay. I'm glad they put the air vents in there so that we're not just looking at dead gerbils in tubes. <laughs> yeah. I also like that you that with with your patent ideas, you're sort of like a walking circus. Like people can come up and watch the gerbils, and then that's not all. Like you pull back the vest, and now you got gumballs there for everybody. This is what people need. <laughs> I know it's all vest based. I feel like so, dispensing yeah. gerbils would be yeah. great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh it's wow. Wasted this real just estate otherwise. Smarter. But actually, I just pulled up this pick, and it is pretty great. Like the easiest way to take your pet gerbils out for a walk. So this is this is <laughs> this is pretty smart. But let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more great patents in just a second. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton the official podcast. I'm your host Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Part-Time Genius, where we're talking about some of the most wonderfully absurd inventions to ever make it out of the patent office. Now, we've got five questionable inventions left to talk about, and the next one is for the true crime crowd. Now, this is a podcast, so I know you're already listening out there, true crime lovers. Now, one thing that's plagued criminal investigators for centuries is just how easy it is for a suspect to retract their confession. But what if there was a simple, nonviolent way to keep a suspect from taking their confessions back. Well, that's where this 1927 patent comes in, going all the way back almost a century ago. It's officially called the, quote, apparatus for obtaining criminal confessions and photographically recording them. That's the name of this. (laughs) This invention is actually way weirder than the name lets on. It was basically this giant skeleton with red glowing eyes and a camera embedded in its skull. I am not making this up. And it was explicitly designed to terrify a suspect into confessing on tape. So the way that it worked was that a suspect would be confined to a small dark room about the size of a coat closet or like a church confessional or something like that. And a human interrogator would sit out of sight in a second attached chamber. (laughs) This sounds so stupid. It's like a retired Disneyland ride or like straight out of Scooby-Doo or something. (laughs) Yeah, but actually it gets even worse. So when the examiner presses a button, a curtain lifts and the suspect comes face to face with the skeleton with red light bulbs in its eye sockets. (laughs) And actually, 
there's also supposed to be like this fog and 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 like other lights to amplify the effect and then the interrogator questions the suspect from a megaphone behind the skull in a super scary voice like it's very elaborate and according to the designer these quote illusory effects of a supernatural character will work upon the suspect's imagination and so the suspect is is supposed to get so terrified that they confess their darkest secrets which is then, of course, recorded. And as far as I can tell, no one ever actually built one of these skeleton confessors, but even if they had, the invention likely would have been outlawed in 1961 anyway. When That was when the Supreme Court ruled that coerced confessions aren't admissible in court. But still, I, I feel like they deserve a few points for creativity, don't you guys think? <laughs> totally. I mean, it honestly feels like a seven-year-old came up with that. Totally. And, and like it would work exclusively on other seven-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I, I, I do feel like the next time Ruby breaks a mug, that's like the way I've got to like yeah, confront her. Those red Speaking eyes. Speaking of uh, nonsensically dramatic things, uh, there's an invention designed to make jazz concerts more interesting that, that we found this week, and it's the flaming trumpet. Now, knowing that you're a fan of jazz, my, my guess is that you would find this invention kind of offensive, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do have a ton of like Miles Davis recordings and I like jazz, but I could see how this would make attending a middle school concert much more interesting. Okay, all right. <laughs> so the idea is basically to modify a trumpet with a gas cartridge and then to have an igniter mounted to the end of it. And if turning a wind instrument into a flamethrower sounds like a dangerous idea to you, you are probably right. The <laughs> patent claims that the musician would have complete control over the intensity and duration of the flame. But honestly, at first, it sounds like a weapon of like a comic book character. But I don't know. I, I could see how this thing might take off at Burning Man or something. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I could see that. Well, for my next fact, I want to talk about an invention from the 1800s called the wearable lifeboat. I love that you're sticking with this wearable thing. The wearable lifeboat was basically a giant rubber bucket that you would wear around your waist like a diaper with your legs sticking out the bottom. It had a couple inflatable air chambers to help it stay afloat, and you were supposed to steer this contraption with a paddle. The designer intended it, quote, for the conveyance of troops, baggage, and other articles across rivers, but also as a way to prevent drowning. So this is really interesting, but I, but I have a question, and this may be super complicated here, but, but Gabe, why would you not just use a life jacket? Ah, very good question, but here's the thing. At the time, modern life jackets hadn't been invented yet. There were no life ah, jackets. Ah, got it. So that's why ridiculous inventions like this didn't seem as far-fetched as they do now. And really, as silly as swimmers and sailors would have looked in this thing, wobbling along in this like big rubber bucket it still might have been better than the alternative. For instance, uh, during World War I, some soldiers had to wear old mattresses as a kind of makeshift life preserver. And that's because, you know, that's all they had on hand. Uh, thankfully, the inflatable life preserver was invented in 1928, a few years later. And of course, that spared soldiers and civilians alike from the indignity of inventions like the wearable lifeboat. <laughs> so First We Feast has a list of great patented food inventions, and it's got everything from prune beer, which uh, sounds like the perfect drink for when you want to go to a party, but also when you want to get your bowels moving, uh, to <laughs> <Of course>. <laughs> <laughs> a rifle that has a shot glass attached, which just sounds like a terrible Dick Cheney-like uh, situation about to happen. But my favorite on their list is the combination hot dog hamburger bun, and it's based on a 2009 patent 
But as the site writes, quote, it's part hot dog bun, part hamburger bun, fully functional meat cover, which uh, (laughs) basically means it's a lot of bread and allows you to hold a lot of different meats at the same time. And it is pretty great. (laughs) It sounds pretty great, especially for somebody like you who's been a vegetarian most of their life. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, sounds pretty great, Mango. All right, well, I'm actually going to stick to food with my last fact as well. And fair warning, this is the invention for the laziest of lazy people. It's the motorized ice cream cone. And, it, and and this invention, it was patented in the late 1990s. It revolutionizes the laborious task of licking an ice cream cone. So here is how it works. It consists of a plastic device made to look like a traditional ice cream cone. And inside, there's this small motor. So you're supposed to put a cup or cone of ice cream into the fake cone and then the motor would just make it spin. And as the patent explains, this allows the device to rotationally feed its contents against a person's outstretched tongue. That's what it says. And if you're wondering why on earth anyone would ever need such a device, allow the creator to educate you. So according to the patent, quote, the repetitive task of moving one's tongue up and down can become monotonous and tiring, especially for a child. Guys, we're talking about eating ice cream. This is just so <laughs> weird, but I'm guessing investors somehow didn't agree with this, which is why we're stuck eating ice cream the old-fashioned way, you know, using our tongues like a bunch of rubes. It's just oh, so sad. Such a shame. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Will wins just with the ice cream fact. Like, that description alone, plus he had the confession skeleton, which was very <laughs> dumb. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I actually really like the gumball shirt and the hamster shirt, but oh. I am uh, I'm happy to throw uh, Willowbone this week. <laughs> I really, uh, I really want to see somebody out there putting on all of these inventions at the same time. It just seems like a great way to go out in public. But if you want to share your most ridiculous invention with us, Gabe, Mango, and I have a very special announcement. That's right, Will. So this is the very first time we're doing this, but the person who submits the best invention idea or drawing this week to Instagram and tags it hashtag part-time genius will win six whole dollars from us. What? That is all the money we want to put towards this, but it's also such a prestigious award that we just made up. So uh, send in your invention ideas and you can be the very first part-time genius grant winner in history. I mean, Gabe, you heard that right. Six dollars to whoever sends in the <laughs> I mean, idea we didn't that we That's choose. Not, is that two bucks each? Or? Look, there is a world where if, let's say, two people submit ideas, they could Don't talk both crazy win. now. No, no, no. We're not going to give them both six dollars. We'll get. We'll send them each three dollars. So <laughs> that seems fair. But either way, it's going to be great. So, um, all right. Well, that's it for today's part-time genius from Mango, Gabe, Lowell, and myself. Thanks so much for listening. Please stay safe and we'll be back soon with another new episode. Part-Time Genius is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.